President Trump has repeatedly criticized mail-in voting as potentially ripe for fraud. But that's not the true danger to our election system. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is privacy and security reporter Alfred Ng, who's a breakdown of what it would actually take to commit fraud on a wide scale. Spoiler alert, it's really, really hard. Alfred, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So Trump has talked a lot about the potential for fraud with mail-in voting, but what is the actual risk here? The actual risk is not so much mail-in fraud where, you know, thousands or or hundreds of letters are coming in uh, from people voting and it turns out it's not actually them. It's a foreign country pretending to be them or something like that. Uh, It's disinformation and sabotage to the mail system to the point where you think that that's what happened. Um, Because if you can if you can basically convince people that their vote was not legitimate, it really affects a lot of voter turnout. I mean, it was basically the same concern about voting machines and, you know, hackers changing the vote on it, but now with our mail. Right. It's it's not even about the, the actual risk or threat. It's just the perception that there is a risk or threat. Yeah, disinformation obviously is much easier to to pull off than actually committing the fraud that, that people keep talking about and keep saying will happen this November. Right. And so uh, to that point, you have a nice breakdown of what it would actually take to commit mass fraud. So take me through the steps because it's, 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 it's fascinating when you actually kind of look at it from that perspective. But, but go on, like what, what exactly does it take to commit mass fraud here? Yeah, so I spoke with election officials and some, you know, experts on how to vote by mail, and it's a lot. It takes a lot to do it just because of all the different, you know, checks and balances and safeguards that they actually have to prevent this kind of thing. Uh, so the first thing that you're going to want to do is figure out every registered voter who requested a mail-in ballot. Now, you know, vote by mail doesn't just come to everybody. You have to actually be registered to vote. And in some states, you also have to ask for an absentee ballot to come to you. In some states, it doesn't come automatically. Um, so for starters, you're going to have to figure out, okay, who is registered to vote and who is going to um, actually vote by mail. Um, so that takes a lot. I mean, obviously there are voter registration records that are out there for the public or, you know, in some cases like in Florida, Russian hackers were able to steal the voter registration databases in 2016 and get that kind of information. So that part's not that difficult, but there are, you know, some cases like North Carolina where it's confidential, um, of who requested an absentee ballot. So you wouldn't know until after election day to begin with of who's getting a mail, uh, a ballot in the mail. Um, but now going into the next step after that is now that you figure out every person who's going to re- be receiving a ballot in the mail, you need to actually intercept that ballot. Um, so obviously stealing something from a uh, mailbox is already a federal crime, but you know, if you're trying to commit uh, mail fraud, you're already in this boat. Um, so now that you know who you're looking to defraud, you actually have to get their ballots. Um, so you can do that by figuring out when it's going to be in their mailboxes and running to it and grabbing it before they do. Or, um, you can change their voter registration records to have it sent to your address instead of, you know, hundreds or thousands of different mailboxes. Um, if that doesn't sound incredibly difficult already to begin with, you also have to hope that whatever county they're in doesn't do ballot tracking because you know, when I don't have a package uh, arrive to me, I check on that, right? I I go see, hey, what's going on? How come, you know, this thing I ordered didn't arrive yet? Now, you have to assume that people who registered for an absentee ballot 
um, are just saying, you know, whatever, I don't care if it doesn't come. And that's going to be pretty difficult in 2020 for one of the most highly anticipated presidential elections, you know, ever. There's, there's, people are anticipating an extremely high like voter turnout this year. And you really have to assume that people are just going to uh, think, oh, my ballot didn't get here. Oh, well whatever, I guess I'm just not going to vote this year. Because, you know, if you report that your ballot never arrived, they cancel out the other one and it's, you know, they send a different one to you. So whatever you ended up stealing, you know, is just not really going to work. Um, so assuming that you, you've passed those two uh, first steps, uh, then you have to get really good at forging signatures uh, because a lot of, you know, most states will require a signature with your vote and that signature has to match your voter registration records. Now, if you don't know what their signature looks like, then you have to get really good at guessing what it looks like. Uh, and as I said, a lot of voter, voter registration records are, you know, confidential. Um, and even if you do know their name and what they're registered as, you know, what party they're affiliated with, their signature is not going to be on there. So um, you're going to have to guess that. And some places also require a notary or a witness to also sign it. Um, and some other counties also require personal information with it. So not only do you have to sign it, um, you also have to put some information like the last four digits of your social security number or, you know, your voter registration number, your state ID number, that kind of stuff. Um, so you also have to know that. Um, and again, remember this, you have to do this for, you know, hundreds of people for it to actually affect the outcome of the vote. Um, so if you've done all of this, congratulations, you've, uh, done something that most election officials, uh, say is nearly impossible. Wow. So that, that is a lot. Uh, I don't think you even went into the fact that some of these ballots have, um, the ballots themselves have individual codes printed on them, right? They're, it's not like you can mass print ballots, right? That each one has their own individual code that is tied to the voter? Yeah, that is the other method of committing voter fraud that I didn't go through the steps of because that's even more difficult than what I already talked to you about. Um, so this is something that the Attorney General, uh, William Barr, and President Trump have talked about that you know other countries will just print out a massive amount of ballots and send them in other people's names. Um, that is nearly impossible because these ballots, like, as you said, have, um, individual barcodes, like, set for each voter onto them, and replicating those would be, you know, extremely difficult to do. Also, the envelopes that, the, the legitimate envelopes for these ballots, um, and, and the ballots themselves, like, they're printed on, like, special cardstock. It'd be like if you were trying to counterfeit money. Gotcha. So, yeah, even, even more difficult. Uh, and I, I know the U.S. Post Office is, or Postal Service has already warned about, delays with ballot deliveries. And there's there's back and forth discussion about whether or not it's going to even have funding for this, right? President Trump has said, has sort of balked at the idea of giving an additional $25 billion to the Postal Service to handle this stuff. Given all that, I mean, do you think the credibility of this process is already undermined? The credibility is constantly being undermined, especially with the USPS changes that um, you were just talking about. You know, the Postal Service has warned at least 46 states telling them, hey, these ballots might not arrive on time um, because they need like at least a week to, to be able to send it out to um, election offices and things like that. And some states will have policies where, you know, you can request a mail-in ballot as late as, you know, November 2nd. Um, so that's, that's the people that might not get it in on time. You know, if you request a ballot, you know, they're not going to be able to send it to you overnight and then send it back 
um, for the vote to be counted in time because some states also have deadlines where, you know, if your vote doesn't get in by the end of election day, we're not going to count it. So several states are already working um, to kind of change that. So I know that in Minnesota, they've already got a court order to change their policies where now votes will be counted up to a week before, uh, up to a week after um, the ballots come in. So they're trying to offset that. But the warning right now to most from most election officials is still if you're going to vote by mail, you need to send it in two weeks before it comes. But, you know, that's still going to be a lot of challenges um, and especially to the credibility of the system. You know, people that don't heed this warning but are still eligible to vote, like, might not be counted. And that's going to be a big concern for the outcome on Election Day um, and which might not even come on the day itself. You know, processing votes by mail isn't the same as processing stuff like that you get in at a polling site. Like, it's very likely you're not going to know the full results on the day itself. And it might take like a week or two weeks to count it. I know in the New York primaries, it's taken up to six weeks for two congressional um, primaries um, to count all the votes that came in by mail. So that that's going to be another concern. You know, that's that entire week where we don't know what the results are because so many are coming in by mail. That is going to be ripe for disinformation because there's going to be a lot of challenges to whatever results come in. Um, and that's another concern that election officials are, are trying to offset by saying you need to vote early if you're going to vote by mail. Gotcha. And beyond, beyond what Trump and um, William Barr has said, I mean, can you give me some examples of uh, misinformation that's being spread and where it's being spread? Yeah, I um, there, there's been talks about um, 846 uh, votes that were illegitimate in Detroit Um from reports over the last week or so. And you look at that and people have been pointing, it's like, see, look, these are people that are dead and they tried to vote. This is clearly an example of voter fraud. Um, and these were votes by mail. Um, here's the problem with that. If you look at the full context of that and the and details from the election commissions, the 846 people who were dead and tried voting were alive when they sent their mail in. Um, they, they passed away, like, when that happened. And, like, the, you know, elections officials in that state, like, they get updates every month on, like, these are the people that passed away during this time, so their votes are no longer valid. And, you know, people point to the cases like these all the time. They point to cases of, um, votes not counting in states like California, for example, uh, where I think, like, you know, thousands of votes that were sent in by mail were not counted in California. And they say that's that's voter fraud, but it's not. Like the thing that happened there was that they either came in too late or they didn't sign it. If anything, that's proof that, you know, the system works and they're able to root out things that like were not supposed to have gone through in the first place. Gotcha. All right. Well, thanks again, Alfred, for the breakdown. This is super helpful. And yeah, if you haven't already registered to vote, ask for a mail-in ballot, you should definitely vote. If nothing else, vote exercise your power. If you have any questions or comments about the process or anything about Alfred's story, hit us up on The Daily Charge on Twitter. You can check out Alfred's story on CNET.com. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.